You're listening to Finn Too Deep. To a back to throw. Blitz coming. They get to him. Oh, he takes off running. And he's in. Touchdown Miami. With the sixth pick in the 2021 NFL Draft, the Miami Dolphins select... Jalen Waddle giving you unfiltered, informed, and controversial takes on the Miami Dolphins and the NFL draft. Here's Reason and Neil. Welcome back, everyone, as we dive fin too deep. As always, we're your hosts. I'm Reason, joined by Neil Driscoll. Neil, Dolphins coming off fifth straight win. Eighth, 8-0 eight, no, when Tua starts and finishes. The viable MVP candidate, probably number two to only Patrick Mahomes right now, which is crazy to think because he missed, you know, almost three full games. Um, how you feeling, man? A lot of victory Mondays in a row. Winning, you know, it's gone from a trend to a routine in Miami when Tua suits up. Um, you know, it's still feasible that Tyreek can break the single season record. Everything is, it's just, it's a great time to be a Dolphin fan. And now, you know, Neil, we started off this season with a murderer's row, if you will, in those first four games. Well, now we're about to enter the murderer's row on the back end that we had starting off with this West Coast trip and the Bills game, which to me is the toughest part remaining of the schedule. Um, How you feeling, brother? How you feeling? It's exciting to, you know, be eight and three and and to control your own destiny 11 11 games into a season, huh? Yeah, you know, I'm on top of the world, man. I'll say this, you know, in my Dolphins fandom, Right. Like, you know, me, you and I, we love this team. Right. They could be one in 15 and we're and we're going to try to find the silver linings. But be fair. But it's been very rare in my lifetime when the Dolphins are becoming one of the biggest stories in the whole NFL. And I'd even say that you're starting to see them become one of the premier faces of the NFL. And and the reason I say that. Right. Just think about what just flex, baby. They took Patrick Mahomes out of Sunday night football. I don't care who they're playing. It's Patrick Mahomes, you know. They took him out of Sunday Night Football for this Tua Herbert showdown. And, y- y- I mean, that 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 is just amazing. And then the Dolphins are going to probably be in the Saturday Night Game against Buffalo the week after. And then they're going to be on Christmas Day against Aaron Rodgers. Neil, you, you, you know Patrick's – you know Russell Wilson ain't getting a Christmas card from the Mahomes family because you know it was no more Denver in primetime. Save us, save us. Yeah, I, I mean, this is it, it's an amazing time to be a Dolphins fan because we're one of the youngest teams in football. We have and most a, explosive. I mean, we have a, a, a elite, almost a borderline elite roster when you look at it. Now we have our holes just like any other team in football, but when you look at the names at the top of this list, we talk about Tua, Tyreek, and Waddle. But you're you're talking about Bradley Chubb, Javon Holland, Xavier Howard, Christian Wilkins is becoming a absolute stud out there. Love it. Taryn Armstead, uh, Robert Hunt, and Connor Williams are big time. I mean, the roster is just, I mean, it, it it's something that, you know, I, I really truly believe this, that if the Dolphins stay healthy and the ball bounces their way, the Dolphins are going to be this year's version of the Bengals, where I think that they can go all the way to the Super Bowl and win it. And well, we talked about that in the offseason, remember? 
Well, and, and you know, and, and I was I optimistic, that up. but I never thought that it would come to reality because I've seen the fool's gold so many times, man. And the fact that it's actually becoming a reality and the dogs, I mean, like, dude, I, I like, and what else is potentially coming to reality, Neil? What did I tell you? What did I tell everyone? This team needs to get home field advantage for the playoffs. And they're going to be the scariest team in the AFC. And where are we sitting at right now? Home field advantage for the first two rounds. What does that equal to me? AFC championship right now. I mean, dude, I'm leaving Monday morning to go to the Bahamas with the wife for a week, and I can't even think about it because I'm too excited about this football game. Bro, are they gonna get the are they gonna get the Chargers game down there for you? The Chargers. No, I'm, I'm, I'm getting back the day before. I'll be Atta back. Boy. Atta boy. I, oh man, I'm, I I I hate to admit this. I miss my own grandmother's wake to watch the Monday Night Miracle. So um, <laughs> you ain't gonna you miss know. this one. Yeah. Two is about <laughs> to go two Tua and O against Herbert. And you know what the best thing about it's gonna be, Neil. It's going to be on the primetime stage. Right. People are going to see. Because you ain't. Listen. Primetime Tua wins. Oh, and oh my God, whether yeah. it's pretty or not, he wins. And, I mean, I think you're going to see a defense that, listen, uh, these guys are going to be on turf. Uh, you know, there's a reason why one of the nicknames Dolphin fans give this team is the greatest show on surf because we're literally the greatest show on turf 2.0 right now. And down to Tua basically doing Kurt Warner things in terms of he had that him and Kurt Warner were the only two to have a three game stretch right before this Texans game where they had passer ratings um, over 135, three touchdowns um, and zero interceptions and and uh, more than 275 plus passing yards in each game like you know you see right now what's what's happening what's cooking up in in miami it's it's exciting man it's you know and and the best thing is like next to lions fans who deserves this more than us yeah i i mean dude and and you're nailing you know the right points here but like it is i mean this is i i think it's a year earlier than i expected this out yeah we expected year two we expected listen what was the talk neil we're like, okay, let's get to top 12 yeah, this yeah. year. And then next year, even I was saying next year is the year where this team becomes the real contender. Now they're looking like they're the contender in year one. And I, I now I say to myself, Neil, what the hell is this team going to look like in year two? Two is going <laughs> to run away with the MVP in year two, Neil. Well, I, I think there's a reality there. And, and I think what you're going to see is the Dolphins become not only a team that's going to surface this year, but a team that's going to be a problem for the next five to seven years. Yep. Because I think things are going to get better. I mean, you, you know, I'm at a point now where if the Dolphins get to the playoffs and they lose in the first round, I'm disappointed because I think this team's so much better. Yeah, we want at least – we now – one win seems like the bare minimum right now at the rate they're playing, right? Well, and here, here's – I love what Tua's doing. I love the acquisitions we've made. And this guy's far from perfect. He's learning mm-hmm. on the fly. But this week has just brought the light how special the hire of Mike McDaniel. I mean, if you're not watching those videos and seeing that playership, the thing that got me the most was the the thing I heard. Flores almost ruined to it. Flores proof this week between, you know, the report of them saying they didn't like the coaching staff didn't like Tua using his eyes all the way to this coaching staff. And remember, Neil, I talked about Jalen Phillips. Remember I talked about the off season because you hadn't seen the press conference. If I take you back, Remember another red flag that no one talked about, but I did on our show and on Finside the NFL. 
Remember Jalen Phillips needing a confidence coach because of what that, right? So then you got this kid's confidence so in the gutter, going from winning a national championship, being touted as the best prospect since Andrew Luck, to looking himself in the mirror and asking, do I suck or not because of our coaching staff who was basically trying to take away his superpowers, like the way he uses his eyes and manipulates defenders and stuff. Like, I'm telling you, bro, like, Flores almost ruined Tua Tungvaloa's career, and Mike McDaniel saved it. And we talked about it before we went live, Neil, and you made the point, and I agree with you. Brian Flores should never get another job for the, And it's not just for Tua. You know, we knew, Neil, what was going on. X hated him. And that was our franchise guy. That was our franchise guy, and X hated the defensive guru. Uh, you know, I got to throw this in there too. Kind of ironic that Byron Jones, who was taking shots at X last year, when he was talking about, well, you know, you know, if, if I was paid, I'd just be coming here and being a leader and blah 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 blah. Now yeah. he's gone into business for himself, and funny how he doesn't walk want to walk into the room now that his. You know, because we all know he was Flores' little teacher pet. And now because Flores ain't around, all of a sudden this guy's reluctant to walk in the room. And now he wants to get paid and he wants security because he was it was basically known. Boyer wanted his ass out of there. And we were trying to bring in J.C. Jackson. And now well, he's in reason. You know, say that again for those in the back because I see on Twitter people are still questioning whether it's an injury. This is a money situation. Yes. It is not. An he injury. wants security. Listen, I was told. Listen, I was told by someone connected to the team that he could have gone in week one, but he wasn't 100%, and his stance was, I'm not risking my next bag because I know it ain't here unless you move money up for me and give me security, which I don't think you will. I'm not risking my next bag with either poor tape or an injury that sets me back even further, and because he knows this is probably his next chance to cash in is this offseason, and he pretty much knows, dude, they're not gonna. They're not gonna give him more money when you got Wilkins in there, and he's not part of the plans. That guy's gone this offseason, guaranteed. Uh, and, because he's not worth it, dude. And, and, and these fans need to get out of his mind. Are people forgetting the twenty-one day activation window? Yeah, he's he still got to enter that protocol. He doesn't want to play right now for this team because he's putting himself. Bro, and first. let me ask you this. And I know it's Keon Cross, and I know it's Justin Bethel, but guys have shown some pretty big reps when we've leaned on them. You want. If it's week, if it's the first playoff game, and Byron Jones has not played a single solitary snap, you want to throw him out there over guys who are seasoned this year in this defense and who are in game shape. You want I, to take that risk? Uh, listen, I agree. Byron Jones can be a top twenty-five, top thirty guy in the NFL, but bro, not out of the gate, not in game shape. I ain't throwing him in that. Like that's a that's a no go for me. I might rotate him in here and there, but. I, I, would I don't like know about them, that. I would like to see them sending him to the season-ending IR and then go sign a guy like Joe Hayden and let him just get him make- out of retirement. Say, listen, buddy, here's right. a couple million. Let's get you in here. Playoff ready. So you, playoff yeah, ready. Get, get him playoff ready in week 15, 16, and 17. Right. Get him in here over the next course a couple weeks. Yep. Get Then send him out there week 15, start getting him ready, and then he lives go. in the area. Yeah. Right. Well, no, I'm, yeah, I'm talking about game shape, game ready. Oh, you know what I, I mean? I'm just saying, like, why? Like, like to me, yo, Neil, for this guy to, for, if he was supposed to be starting in our first playoff game, Byron Jones needs to see the field by week 15, week 16. Latest, bro. Latest. Dude, dude we got Taron Armstead trying to play with a freaking, you know, a strange. Brian Robinson got shot. 
bro, yeah. and came back, bro. Yeah. I, I actually want to do a favor. This man before. did 50 Cent, bro. This man got Curtis Jackson and came back and said, and literally came out to many men and said, whatever, I got this. Well, I, I want to do us, ourselves a favor um, because back to your original point, and we should just ban Brian Flores' name from, from this podcast because what a stain. I, I mean, just think of where we would have been if we had Mike McDaniel a year earlier, man. Like I like, And I was wrong, and I'm not like – like I thought Brian Flores was a decent football coach, but what's come out after the fact and all this stuff, it, it's disgraceful. Well, let me ask you this, Neil, because think of it, we could have had McDaniel a, a year earlier because remember some of the outside guys, he and Shanahan blocked him. And now do we do can we both agree we would both probably agree Flores wouldn't have allowed an outsider to come in. But if he would have, do you think McDaniel would have been out the door with Flores, or do you think he would have been the successor. Uh, you, you never know, man. But Because all, that could have changed the whole dynamic if he would have been came in as the OC, right? Right. Yeah, so you never know with this franchise. The one thing that I'll say that's exciting, though, man, is that like, we have a guy that legitimately overnight turned the Dolphins from one of the uh, doom and gloomest franchises in the whole league to one of the most exciting. And overnight, he did this. He took a quarterback – that was broken, right? And, and put Humpty Dumpty back together just by getting this guy's confidence. That that thing that came out about the 700 video um, cut up that he put together, the conversation with Taron Armstead today, where I, I heard, you know, Taron Armstead was in the car with Tua and said, you know, you know, the coach loves you. Like the things that are coming out about this guy, like, man, I want to go put some pads on and go and hit some people next week. Like, I, I can't imagine being in that locker room and not being motivated and seeing what's going on in this city. I mean, like, I, I don't think people understand this. Tua Tungavaloa is going is about to become the biggest star that ever played sports in Miami. Dwayne Wade, Dan Marino. Like, it's a different world. There's social media out there today. Like, we all know these things. You know, everything's bigger, better, and faster. When Tua wins this team a Super Bowl, it's going to be nuts. I mean, the NFL wants him to be the superstar now. You know what I mean? It, it's kind of amazing to see the transformation. And I, I mean, that's the, I mean, the best part about this is not only do we have a franchise quarterback, we have a franchise quarterback that is going to probably finish the conversation at the end of the season, being in the top five quarterbacks in football. And, you know, you you can win with this guy. He he's one of the biggest winners in the whole sport today. I, I just think what what a season so far. But I think the best is still yet to come, man. And and I'm a homer, and you know I try to be as objective as I can. I just think this Dolphin offense is getting better. I think the defense is improving, and I truly truly believe that this team is going to make some noise. Um, there's not a game on the schedule that scares me. I mean. That I think that is just like circle it. We've lost, and and that's a difference. I'm not. I don't think we're going to win out. That's that's just very challenging to do. But mission is going to be accomplished here. And once you get in that dance, man, especially if you get a couple of home games, who knows how this story is going to end? Let's get back to the Texans game for a second here, Neil. Um, the Dolphins they got up thirty nothing again. Drives that they weren't finishing, whether it be drops, whatever the case may be, um, settling for field goals, and really they should be putting points on the board. Um, but, you know, hey, we, we, I kind of expected some rust. 
You know what I mean? Especially coming off of a Thanksgiving week. It's just, it's not any normal bye week. It's a Thanksgiving yeah. week, right? And right. we even saw some rust with two in the offense when he came back against the Steelers, right? Start off hot and then they got a little rusty. I think that was a good team to work it out against. Um, now, we'll get into the details here, uh, how things went. Austin Jackson going down might be a blessing in disguise because it gives Shell a spot back, but because he was god awful. Teron Armstead, um, you know, let's talk about the Texans and and Teron Armstead at the same time. So, give me your thoughts on the Texans thing. And as far as Teron Armstead, I want to get your thoughts on Teron Armstead because, listen, I want him to play, but is Week 13 and Week 14 worth the playoff run if he tears it? Um, you know, Richmond Webb had a similar injury, but he tore his fully tore it. And that knocked him out for the rest of the season. And, you know, Neil, someone said on Twitter, oh, well, he played through it before. Brother, did people actually do their research? He played – there were seven games remaining in the season when he had that pec tear. He missed five, right? He missed six of the remaining seven, but then he was back to play the two playoff games. Yeah. So I, I think it's a dangerous slope. I, I'd sit him out this week and have him ready for the Chargers if I was making the call. But that dude wants to play – and he knows his pain tolerance, so it'll be interesting to see. But the Texans game, man, like, so let's let's be real, right? The defense mm-hmm. probably had a B-plus type of game, and the offense probably had a C type of game. Mm-hmm. They were definitely rusty. Uh, Jalen Waddle probably dropped three passes. That would have given him another 60 yards receiving. Um, but we still were beating that team 30 to nothing at half. I, I like – were you I surprised they, they took him out only up four scores technically if you put in two? Yeah, I think they took him out. I think they took him out one score too early. Um, I think that that's Mike McDaniel being a first time coach. And you know, look, man, I didn't know how to act as a fan because we were up 30 to nothing. I I just it's something that a lot of teams don't face. Um, you know, so a rusty Dolphins team was up against another NFL team, all by to be in the the Texans, but it was 30 to nothing. I I, I said this on Twitter. If we needed him to, Tua would have thrown for 500 yards and another two yeah, touchdowns. I mean, like, I it is what it is. Like, I, I the, they could have done whatever they wanted. Um, I actually think it kind of sucked that we got up because I'm kind of a, a stat, uh, you know, junkie, and I wanted Tyreek and Waddle and Tua to put up some more stats. But let, let's we can save that for this week. I, I think, you know, hey, man, we, we, we don't blow a lot of teams out, and we humiliated the Houston Texans, um, you know, I, especially, well, the first half. I, yeah, and, and honestly, man, like I don't really – the first couple drives do scare me on the offensive line pressure, but I think we know that, you know, we can't play musical chairs. Brandon Shell should be the right tackle. You you mentioned Austin Jackson. For me, Austin Jackson's in no Igbenogany territory. He's that bad. I don't think he's salvageable. Like people will say that he they think he could be a swing tackle. No, no, I, I don't want him to be the swing tackle. I, I think that's a, that Austin Jackson – Well, you can tell his ankle sprain wasn't healed – you know, Richmond pointed this out. He was opening up his hips. You could you could tell he was compensating for it. Dude, that um, how do you you, you know the kid? Um, I don't want to butcher his name. The Texan kid, uh, I think he's forty five. Akana War, Akana Akana Cora. What's his name? He's got that um, that defender, um, Akana Cora Kawara, something like that. You know what I'm talking about? On the Texans? Yeah. Let me look it up. I I I'm drawing a blank, but. Anyways, um, I think he's he's either a linebacker or he's a defensive end or something like that. Um, yeah, he's a defensive end. Um, a core on a core on a core on. Oh, 
Oh yeah, of course. Of course. Yeah, he's from UCLA. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's from UCLA. Yep. I just I I was never good with his name because it's such a tongue twister. Mike I called him a square. <laughs> bro, did you see him drive Jackson back with one arm? Oh. And remember, Jackson's like 330. This kid's 253, 260, bro. Like, and one arm, he had one free hand. So as soon as he drove him back, he could use the free hand to get off of him. But he just drove one arm. He just got leverage, got low, and just drove him back. You could tell, like, listen, I get Austin's always had anchor issues. But when a guy who's 260 is pushing him like that, that shows me he's got no faith in the ankle. He got no ankle. And and especially, like, his best quality are his feet. And... And when you take away that ankle sprain, listen, I'm not saying he would have been a t- whole ton different. I'm not saying that by any stretch, but I don't think he would have been as dominated as badly if he wasn't. He clearly, dude, honestly, you want my honest opinion, bro? He probably should have been shut down for the rest of the season because yeah, I, I, I this think- injury, it, it, it high ankle sprains for linemen. When you got to think of it, going in your kick slides, you got to, you know, you, you, Linemen, they do a lot. A lot depends on those feet. And when you're nursing a high ankle sprain, which people need to remember, just because we say it's a sprain does not mean that's still a slight tear. That's still a partial tear, right? And clearly the extent of it was so bad, Neil, that they waited to the last day in the 21-day window. And then after they activated him, it took him how many weeks till he actually got out there? Right. Like, I think he was just, you want my honest opinion, Neil? Politics as usual. Top 20 pick, Greer and Garfinkel want to see if this staff can get him right. And for a guy who cut up 700 clips to show Tua why he doesn't suck, he better cut up 700 more to show why Shell is the answer at right tackle and not Austin Jackson, no matter how much you have invested in for the short-term future. Because neither one's the long-term answer. Yeah, I, I think at this point I actually prefer Liam Eikenberg as a player over Austin Jackson, which is just shocking for me to say. I'm I at a point. I agree with you that his injury didn't help him, but he was raw and undeveloped when we drafted him, and he just doesn't look like he's getting it to me, man. Yeah, I hated yeah. him. When we, I hated as a prospect. Oh. I hated him as a prospect coming out. Yeah, I mean he was my 71st overall player. We and listen, I get it. Everyone was touchy feely. But everyone was overlooking this kid's flaws for his little bone marrow story, bro. And I'm, yeah. I don't, I'm not trying to be that guy. But that's what I kept hearing about. Oh, it's a good story. Oh, it's a feel-good story. That's great if it works out. But if it doesn't work out, it's just another piece on ESPN during the draft that we all talk about they're wasting our time with. Yeah, I mean, he's. I mean, look, I they should shut him down for this year because I think at this point we agree that Greg Little and Brandon Shell are better, both better players. Uh, and, and yes, you know, I think Kendall Lamb's a better player. We brought in a decent tackle. Yeah, that, that was a decent too. signing. Now, here's a question: Is Liam Eikenberg out for the year, or is he coming back? Because I heard originally he was coming back. Yeah, so did I, but he hasn't been activated off IR, right? They put him on IR, didn't they? Yeah, well, he and that's four weeks, right? And then so. you can activate him anytime after the four weeks. So. Right. So I, I was just wondering if he's coming back. Robert Jones had a rough game against Houston. He did. He did. Um, he didn't look great. Um, Eichenberg was playing better. I, I See, I, I wouldn't mind if Eichenberg came back and Robert Jones has moved his depth. Um, I'm going to tell you, Neil, and I know we're draft guys, done drafting the offensive line. You need – 
to go get a veteran left guard and a veteran right tackle. If Shell's not sticking around for one more year, okay, if Shell's sticking around for one more year, draft the guy behind him. If not, go get a veteran right tackle. Listen, I think the only... Right now, it looks like Hunt's the only one that's viable. Imagine this line if you had a veteran, and I'm not asking for a pro bowl or an all pro, but if you had a guy who's above average or above just above competent in between Connor Williams and Taron Armstead, we can imagine that he's going to be elevated from that level and he might become good between those two guys, right? And then keep Hunt because he's he's continued developing and you know go get a solid right tackle if it's not Shell. And because we've seen you don't got to spend much to make it work. So well, I, I got a name for you, Reason, because you you said we're draft guys, and I am, and I'm going to tell you a guy who I think is a a right tackle only at the NFL, who I think is a guy that the Dolphins should have circled and starred on their radar. He has an Orlando Brown looking field to me, and that is Dewan Jones from Ohio State. He's six eight, three sixty. He's a big, strong dude, dude. He gets his paws on you, and it's over. I, I think that he's a guy, and we might have to move up a little bit in the second round. So be it. We don't let it be another Tristan Worf situation. This yeah. guy, I think, can come in, man that right tackle position for the next decade, and you know we can figure out the left guard situation. But he is a guy that I'm going to have in my top 20 overall players. Um, I'm working kind of on. Could have got him for cheap this year. Could have got that right tackle for cheap this year. A guy who I was man crushing on for over two years, and he's lights out in Seattle. Abraham Lucas. Yeah, and and that's what I think Dewan Jones is going to be, and that, and that's a great example of a guy that I think we should have gotten too. Because um, he would have been cheap. Think of where you would have spent the capital on him, Neil. Well, and, and that's what I'm saying. So like, I hate Liam Meikenberg at left guard. I'll oh. just say that. And I don't love Robert Jones at it. Neil, <laughs> I, I had a conversation with someone. I think we're going to see the turnover this year where the Flores guys start to get exodus out. Yeah, the only thing about those guys like an Eichenberg. Hunt's and, the only one that's going to make it. I'm telling you right now. Well, I think Connor Williams could get an extension, bro. No, no, no. No, no, no. I'm talking about for the Flores guys. Oh, oh yeah. Well, yeah, I, yeah. I, I, Eichenberg I, might make it as a swing. Because he's cheap. But he's not a starter. Yeah, but he yeah, ain't a starter. Cheap. Uh, Austin Jackson, I think, yeah, I think they'll keep Austin Jackson around to his depth at worst and hope he develops. But I think they have to go get one more front line start on that line. You got to get that- two. Go get a – bro, like, listen, if we were to get – if you were to get a veteran left guard and a veteran right tackle, think of how good that line is as long as – even if Armstead goes healthy, look at the options we have to fit in there. Yeah. I hear you, man. No, I don't disagree. I, I a good offensive line makes to it absolutely makes it better. Makes it this uh, this line will only go as far as I, I just wish. I just wish that one of Austin Jackson and Eichenberg were salvageable at left guard. I think Austin Jackson's best position is left guard. Um, I actually, I actually said Neil, and I think I did. I say this on this podcast. I know I've said it on uh, the finish line with Richmond and ball game, and I know I've said it on inside the NFL. Remind me if I've said it here. I've actually, and I think I have. I, I'm super intrigued about him fitting in between Connor Williams and um, and Armstead because sure. it's a poor man's Laramie Tunsil. Remember Laramie Tunsil when he's in between Pouncey and uh, Brandon Albert? Oh, yeah. Listen, you don't got to be good, but, you, but all you got to do is be competent because if you're competent, playing in between those guys will elevate you from competent. It'll mask you. You'll be competent. We'll all know you're just competent, but they'll make you look good. Yeah. Yeah, and another guy in the draft, dude, to keep an eye on. I don't. Did you watch Michigan Ohio State this weekend? Yeah, 
Did you watch Michigan Center? And I'm going to butcher this. Another guy with OO is his initials. His name was Alasugan Alatuimi. Yeah, good. He is a guy that I haven't seen on anybody's top 50 draft boards. He is a plug and play center. He's a transfer that transferred to Michigan, dude. I and he, could, I think he could kick out the guard and be. Um, who's the dude in the Patriots that? Um, they drafted and they kicked him out. Uh, Michael Owenami, oh. whatever from Michigan. Oh, that's uh, 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 or something. No, Owen o- 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 from uh, Michigan, <laughs> from Michigan, <laughs> right? Names tonight, man. No, but... it was Owenu. It was it was it was o- o- the guy they made a guard, right? Yeah, that's what I see in that guy, man. And he could be a steal in the draft because I Owenu, think- Michael Owenu. Even though we lost our first round pick, I do think the Dolphins could do some damage with those two threes and that too. Bro, is is Corum returning next year to Michigan? Do you know? No, but he tore his ACL, so he or, or he got sur- he's gonna surgery, so he's gonna be out. Take them you. late and just stash them, baby. You know who my favorite running back for the Dolphins in round three is? I don't know how much you watch this guy, Chase Brown from Illinois. Love him. Yeah, I, I love. love yo, can I be honest with you? I love this running back class. I yeah, I, I love the running back class. I love the interior offensive line yeah, class. Yeah, yeah. But this is the worst draft class I've ever reviewed in my life. They have I have three players as blue chip players in the whole draft. Will Anderson, uh Edge, Alabama, B. John Robinson, running back, Texas, and yeah. Jalen Carter from Georgia defensive tackle. In next year's draft class, I, I kind of preliminary looked at it and I already have nine people. I mean, you know Caleb Williams. Yeah, blue chips. A. Brock Bowers, the tight end from Georgia, dude. Bro, how, can I we talk about I know he's a freshman, but when he's eligible. What's with North Carolina? Jer- uh, that may that may kids blowing me away this year, bro. Dude, he, no, he, he's he's I think he's eligible next year. Isn't he a freshman? No, let me check. I think he's el- eligible. He was on my 2024 sheet that I got. Let's see where he is. He is a freshman. Yeah, he's a freshman. Yeah, Drake May. Is he red shirt though? I don't know. Because I, I have him as draft eligible. Well. Yeah, I mean he's a stud, dude. I, Holy, eh? I think him and Caleb Williams are just too. I happy. love them. I love those kids coming. But out, yeah. We don't need to worry about quarterbacks. We're no, we don't. We got top. ours. And the good thing about the positions we need: inside linebacker, running back, uh, inside offensive line, interior offensive line. You can find those picks in in day two. That's um, what I like. That that I think this was a great draft to use that first round pick to go get Chubb. Bradley Chubb is better than any player in this draft. Not named. I just go recoup a fourth or try and recoup a fifth for Ogba. Have you like like, speaking of the Texans game and this game, 49ers game? Have is everyone paid attention to how good the trio of Ingram, Jalen Phillips, and Bradley Chubb is? Like, it is, dude, it is awesome. I so when we look at next year's free agents, like, right, everyone's I think we need to bring Melvin Ingram back, man. I don't know when it's gonna happen, but bro. Jalen Phillips is on the cusp of like a nuclear explosion in terms of stats. Like, have you ever seen a guy with such a high motor that's oh. so close to making so many plays? I'm telling you, it's gonna, there's gonna, like, I don't know when it's coming. If it's, I hope it comes in the playoffs, right? For the playoff run where he just blows the hell up, but it's coming. I'm telling oh, you, dude, he is, I, I like, if He's you special, took, bro, if you took Tua in the receiver, Chase that, Young, eat your heart out. Well, if you took so if you asked me like the MVPs of this team, I you know two was the MVP of the game team to me with Tyreek being two. Yeah. I'd actually give Armstead three, Waddle four, but my number five would be Jalen Phillips, dude. Jalen Phillips, I, I I know we all want to see the sacks. I want to see the sacks hit the NFL.com stats. Well, pressures matter. 
People but dude, that guy is wreaking havoc, yeah. and that guy does not stop pursuing the football. Oh, I love him, bro. He, I mean, he he's one of my favorite players on this team. I agree. I, I, I actually think that, I think when we have this, we're on this same podcast at the same time next year, we're going to say, wow, we have Xavier Howard and Bradley Chubb and Christian Wilkins on this team. But our best defensive players. Well, what did I say? What did I say? Remember in the offseason, one of my predictions was by next year, he's going to be in the conversation with guys like Miles Garrett and stuff like that. Oh, and I, I mean, believe that. The burst he is showing, I, it, it's, I mean, you know, he got knocked on having an injury history, man. That guy, dude, he, he's a warrior. He is, a, he really is. And he's benefiting from Bradley Chubb. Bradley Chubb, man, made Larry Tunsil look average. And, not a lot of people are going to say that, but I love Larry okay. McTunsil. He changed our okay. franchise, right? Yeah. Bradley Chubb, man, he's like an alien out there with his long-ass arms smacking the ball out, stripping fumbles. Like, if the defense could cause turnovers like this, and, this is going to be dangerous. And, and can I be honest with you, bro? Like, I know he had that good year in 98, but Jason Taylor didn't start popping off till year four. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Right? Oh, I, he had five sacks, then he had nine sacks, then he had two and a half, then he went to 14 and a half, then eight and a half, then 18 and a half. He didn't pop off till oh. year four. And how many sacks did Phillips have last year? What did he have? He had Not, eight and a half. Eight and a half. Eight eight and half. half. He had more than Chase Young had. And, like, and I remember when he was coming out and I said, if this guy didn't have that injury history, he's that. a top 10 pick because he is just – as good, if not a better prospect than Chase Young. And I well, stand dude, by that, bro. Well, dude, like, look, I mean... And remember the deal everyone made about Chase Young? Oh, yeah. I, I, but here's the thing about Phillips. He's causing outrageous pressures, right? But he has four and a half sacks, man. If yeah. he could have a little run here, he could easily get easily. himself 10. Like, and, he, it looks like every game, it looks like he could have three or four sacks. He well, just, He's just like a... A hair off. That's well, all. And we can jump and segue right into this 49ers game. And you're going to hear a lot of people about worried about Nick Bosa against our offensive line. And sure, I am too. But man, if you're a 49ers fan, you have to be worried about Mike McGlinchey, who's an absolutely woeful right tackle, blocking Jalen Phillips, man. I mean, like, you have, like, it, it's just as big of a, nah, it's not as big of a mismatch. Nick Bosa is a special player. But like, Jalen Phillips can definitely eat on Mike McGlinchey. Phillips is going to be Phillips is going to be in that Bosa Garrett conversation next year. You watch. I, I believe it, man, but they're I They're about to get a preview is what they're about to get. But here we go, man. You you talk about a potential Super Bowl showdown, right? Love like it. I'm on record. My prediction is the Dolphins Cowboys is the Super Bowl. I said it 5 weeks ago and I'm sticking with it. I think the 49ers are a severe threat to that throne in the NFC. I do I, I think they can get hot at the right time. Yep. With that said, I think we match up really well against them. And I think that when you look at the relationship between Kyle Shanahan and Mike McDaniel, Mike McDaniel knows everything about Kyle Shanahan because he's always been around him. He's been around him when he's in charge. Well, this is the first glimpse anyone's had of Mike McDaniel, you know, running at the helm and being in charge of a franchise. Mm -hmm. I think this is a week where Mike McDaniel is going to shine. His brilliance is going to shine, and he is going to have a game plan that attacks the weaknesses of that 49ers defense. You're going to think I'm crazy. I think, I think uh, you're going to think I'm nuts. The reverse? No, I think he was preparing for them on the, on the, uh, on the bye. 
I believe it. I, I think. I, I think. Listen, I'm not saying he didn't prepare for the game. Texans. I'm not saying he didn't prepare for the Texans, but I think he was preparing for both because I think they. We all knew they had the Texans game in the bag, and so did they. And I think a reason why they pulled them too is because they weren't trying to give up tape on yeah. that offensive but, line. And, and I think that I think you have a very valid point to see what why the offense kind of looked like a disaster to start the the, the third quarter, like. It's just no man's land. You don't get up on teams 30 nothing, but like I do think at that point it was like, all right, we have this game in the bag. We just have to get the W, let the clock run out. We don't want to put too much out there because I, I think this is a, a game. We've we're going to see we're going to see stuff come out of the bag in this one. Right. We, we've seen Cedric Wilson try to take – he missed Tyreek on a touchdown one. I think we're going to see a couple gimmick plays. I think we're going to see Tua thrive in on, on those crossers. I think those crossers are going to be open for days. And, you know, like – for all of us Dolphin fans, we're all fully on this run that Tua Tungavaloa is having, right? Mm-hmm. But there's still their critics. The, right now, the next three to five weeks is an opportunity for Tua to grab that hammer and just smash this whole story and obliterate it. Because if Tua continues to play the way he's been playing, not only is he going to be the feel-good story this year, he's going to get the respect of people as one of the best players in this league. I I don't fear the 49ers. I think they're a good football team. I know they have Christian McCaffrey and Nick Bosa, who are two of the best players in football. Um, George Kittle could give us. I don't pro- fear their talent. I feel their cohesiveness and they, this team. This let's be honest. You know, like okay, they didn't win the Super Bowl, but they've won big games because they've been to two NFC championships under Kyle Shanahan, and you got to win big games to get there. Like this is a team where they look like they're coming on a little bit and like they could sneak into the NFC championship again. Like, I think this is a, I think this is going to have a legitimate playoff game feel. And I even said on the finish line this week, I don't think there's going to be 40 points scored between the two teams. Dude, we went up there a couple years ago and embarrassed them in San Francisco. Bro, right? okay. I, it's a little at, bit different. I'm at, a little. Do you remember any of that game? Do you remember their defense that game? Do you remember who Fitz was picking on? A corner that had never played an NFL snap before and had been on practice squads for five weeks? Yeah, I mean, but Demandre Lenore's starting for the 49ers. And that guy's not rosterable in the NFL. So I hear you, but I, I don't I would say they got another guy who's just as weak. You know, I mean our quarterback was Ryan Fitzpatrick. And, it was and our Ryan defense team. and our defense was creating a lot more turnovers yeah, that year than we are right now. And, I mean, we I mean, look, Jimmy G will give one up if it and if we make I mean X is does two. It, they're they're ten and two in games where Jimmy G doesn't throw a pick. Yeah. Or, sorry. Sorry. They're ten and two in games where Jimmy G doesn't throw a touchdown. I apologize. Oh, okay. Yeah. You know, I look. I I think it's one of those things. The 49ers will probably jump on us pretty quick with the Dolphins' resilience. Like, like the problem with me is they're a good team in terms of how they're coached, the cohesiveness. Like those, they're a good team because they're the type of team where, you know, just like us they will play for the guy next to him themselves. Like, you know, they're a good team. You know what I mean? Like when you're talking about teams that play well together, they are a good team. In that uh, so let's do this. So quarterback, Tua versus Jimmy G, who do you give the edge to? Oh, it's not even close. Okay, Tua, right? Yeah. yeah. Running back group, because uh, I think McGaffrey's the best oh, yeah, of yeah. all of them. Yeah, yeah. So it's yeah, sure. go to the 49ers, right? Yeah, yeah. Tight end and receivers, Dolphins hands down, right? 
Oh, no, you could had to put them together. Yeah. Tight, tight end San Francisco. Receivers. Dolphins. Dolphins. And, 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 and I, and I but do you can put all our guys together. There ain't one Kittle, okay? Stop. Yeah, oh, I, I agree. I, I would say this, Offensive though. line, I'm going under I'm going to something Armstead in playing, so I'm giving it to them. Yeah, yeah, I would give it to them. Defensive line, I think, is a wash. I think we might be even better. Uh, I think it's a wash because of how special Bosa is. Yeah, and they win linebacker and we win secondary, right? Agreed, yeah. It's pretty even across the board, bro. So is this the game where we need to rely on Jason Sanders? Fuck, I hope not. It's right. my language, too. That's what, you know, that, that's, that's kind what of that what I know, like, you look but, at but, what, but what's the problem, Neil? And what I've been trying to tell people when you get into playoff games, the scary thing about Jason Sanders is you're going to need to rely on your kicker at some point in a playoff game. There, there. Jason Sanders is probably going to have to hit three big kicks. It's a liability from now to the end of the year. To be honest with you, if we're going to throw Austin Jackson to, I would roster another kicker just in case. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I, I think so. But you know, I, I think it's going to be a good fu- game. I, I really see do. is a comma before. Um, I'm gonna tell you this one. You know no. what? You know, I'm no. really gonna. I'm gonna tell you this. You know how I'm really. If I'm really gonna lose my mind, if imagine if Izakama's active this week, you know they got something cooked up. If Eric Izakama, because I'm gonna tell you this, whenever I know they're sharpening him like a like you know like a knight's sword, but I got a feeling Neil, he's gonna be the red zone threat we've been waiting for. Yeah, I, I, think, I think he's, he's gonna good. play this week though, because I no, no, no. But I'm saying, if you see him, if you see that man activated, oh, oh yeah. boy, I, I actually think he's gonna have a good, uh, a bright future here. Still, I just so think they're taking their time with him, bro. They're making sure that knife is sharp when it comes out of the drawer. Well, I, I will say this though, because I'm with you. I think he's got he's got a lot of talent, but it's just he's falling victim right now because they might need him next year because Sherfield about to get paid. Yeah, I, I hope I hope we can keep him. I um, love him, eh? I love that. Uh, guy. He's one of my favorite players on the team. He, he's and he's about he's about he's about to throw down. You know, he's all good. Like that, that's the one thing I want to say. Like Debo Samuel attacking the Dolphins. Like, like come on, bro. Debo wanted to be here. The Dolphins wanted Tyreek over him. Bottom line, that's the bottom line. And Debo, and we if, know if, D, if we gave Debo the choice. Be, play under Shanahan or play under McDaniel. We all know he'd be packing his bags. Right. He wanted to be the, a dolphin, you know, so like he could say what he wants. He had he, he had to go to the 49ers and get his bag because it wasn't coming from Miami. It's all good, though. I still like DMO. I'm not going to crap on him. I just think it's a game we can win. I'm not afraid of him. And I and I just believe that Tua's going to win against these corners. I, I actually think that if I looked at the NFL, the 49ers might have the worst starting quarterbacks in the league right now. Um, And they and might have. Jimmy Ward and yet you might not be afraid of them, but they still worry you. Imagine if they had a quarterback. Oh my god. Yeah. That uh, tells you. And it's not because again, it's because you know, bro. When you look at that team, you your eyes tell you they're a good team. That like that, that's a team where you know Flores little takes no talent. That's a team that I look at it and it's like you can win with no talent at the quarterback position. That's a good team. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, that's a good team. Well, I, I I think they're a really good team, but I, I think we are too. And I think that's one of these things like, you know, my score on this one, I, I think Miami wins 23 to 20. Um, yeah, it's going to be close. I think it's going to be a hard-fought game. Um, I think Jeffrey Wilson's going to find the end zone for his fourth consecutive game as a Dolphin. Um, and I think Tyreek's going to have one. And, and I think special teams is going to matter. So what I one thing oh, I want to hope that I see – Well, I, I, I mean this. I want to see Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle taking some of these punts and kicks this week. 
I want to see a guy that can change the game on a special teams play. Cedric's um, been decent. He's been okay, but you know, again, I know when I saw Jalen Waddle at Alabama that that dude was as good as anyone I've ever seen return in kicks. college football return kicks ever. Yeah. I mean, he to me Ridiculous. has he he could be like with Ted Ginn and Ginn wasn't a great receiver here, but he was a good return man here, and, and that kept his career so long. Right, and I and Tyreek, we've all seen him return those punts, man, and he's a threat when he has the ball in his hand. I don't want either of them to take injuries, but man, you can't play with scared money at this point of the season. Yeah, scared now, money don't make no money. Well, I, I agree with you on the Armstead thing. It's a little bit different when he has a pre, you know, existent injury. Well, my thing is, yeah, exactly. Like, listen, I didn't expect him to be back to the Packers game, and you know what? Dead. You know, you know what made me, you know what made me okay with that. Is because he can get the peck and the toe okay. Now I talked to Dr. Jesse Morse, who people can follow on um, Twitter, and he said, you know, not only is this the same injury that took TJ out, TJ Watt out, but also, you know, even with stem cell injections, this is at minimum a three week injury. And he was actually looking to see if he could get Taron Armstead into his clinic, forced to stem cell because he's a football doctor, and that's a. If a doctor's telling me this is a three-week minimum stem cell, six to eight week without, I don't. We're just playing. Why play with fire in week thirteen and week fourteen when the playoffs? We're gonna make the playoffs, and that's what matters. Yeah, well, I'll say. Here's what I'll I say. I'm trying to go into our first playoff game with Greg Little at left tackle, my friend. Aaron Armstead is just one bad mf'er, man. Because... And I get that, bro. But there's a point where you got to step in for what. Not only is it better for the player, it's better for the franchise long term that he's ready to go. Hey, he's not going to be 100 percent because no player gets to 100 percent during the season. But get him to as close as he can be for this playoff run, man. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I, I... I think you got to listen to the player. You got to use your doctors. They have way more intel to the injury than we do. Um, you know, so I like. I don't think the Dolphins are going to do anything stupid. They didn't do anything stupid. They were very cautious with Tua just a few weeks ago. Um, I, I think they'll make the right decision. Um, if we see, t you know, t apparently he's telling people he's playing. Yeah, um, he wants to use a brace. Yeah, and and that's that's you know I. I, I, I'm good with it if he's out there. I'll just say that. But I, I do think the smart decision. Someone said to me, uh, Taron Armstead with one peck is still better than anything we have. Oh, I mean, do it. let's be clear. When Brandon Shell was forced in that left tackle last week, I mean. But he's not a natural fit. That's why. I think you and I could have gone out there and did what he did. Yeah, like, but, that, <laughs> but, that, but that was a fitting a square peg into a round oh, hole. Oh, sure. He's and, a natural right tackle, so now having to lead with your whole left side of your body, you could tell he was a step slower than he usually is. He was behind the eight ball. It just he didn't look natural because he, he's trained. He's a natural right tackle. Well, and I think Austin Jackson being out actually helps the, the solution here because I don't think they wanted to play musical cheers, chairs with him, and they wanted him to really try to develop at right tackle. So I think what we'll see this week is Brandon Shell right tackle, Robert Hunt right guard, hopefully gets into the Pro Bowl, by the way. Connor Williams is center. I think we'll see Robert Jones at left guard, and I think we'll see Greg Little at left tackle. Until and, Kendall Lamb's ready to go or Armstead. Yeah, and, and hopefully we get good Greg Little. Hopefully his hand is healed. He played all right football for us. I mean, look, he's not going to go out there and be Trent Williams. But, you know, if we could do a decent job of minimizing the pressure, get the ball out quick, get get the ball in space to the speedy receivers, and then, man, it'd be nice for this to be one of the days where the running game shows its face, right? Like if Mozart has some motivation and hits one of those big runs. Hey, man, Wilson. Yep, him and Wilson, they should have some motivation and, and 
don't sleep on a guy like Alec Ingold here. Don't man. sleep on a guy like Trent Sherfield, maybe wanting some. Well, you know, and, and I'm laughing because we're 50 minutes into this. We haven't even mentioned Mike Isicki, and I don't even know what to make of it anymore. He's actually blocking average this year, but like still, he's just not. Because we know it's not. Player. The writing's on the wall. Yeah, he's just not a productive player every about. week. Yeah. And, just... and listen, be honest. And how many times have we seen him now, even in this season? Brother, unless he's wide open in the end zone, this guy does not make contested catches. Like, he does not make the catches top five tight ends need to make. Do you think he's regressed a little bit as a pass catcher? Yes. Yeah, me too. I don't, and I can't. I think, if you want me to be honest with you, I think he's softer than baby shit. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, how many times has Tua dropped a dime in the back of the end zone to him? And because he's got to fight through contact, and it's a dime, hits him in the hands, but he's got to fight through contact to secure the catch, and you just don't rely on him. Just imagine if we saw the Mike Isiki we saw, saw two years ago. Like, where's that guy? That was the guy who's blossomed to become a top five potential pass catcher. That guy's still on. That guy That guy turned into the guy that goes onto the yacht while everyone else is training with perform. Yeah. And I, I honestly, good riddance, bro. You're taking up uh, money and you're taking up money in a roster spot. Yeah. I, I think he's gone. Um, I, I think we, I honestly th- wish that we, Hunter Long would have played better this year so we could have got a, a draft pick for him. But we'll probably still get a third or fourth round compensatory draft pick for him. Mm hmm. You know, so it is what it is. But I, I would like to see him, you know, be some type of factor here. But you know, at the end of the day, there's not there's only one football that goes around. And when you have Tyreek and Waddle, you want them touching the ball. And Trent Sherfield's a, a damn good number three. Um, you know, we we have running backs and can catch the ball and make things happen in the backfield. Hell, man, Alec Ingold's a reliable freak. He he started the season a little rocky, dropping some the one press on the right side. I remember he would have had a touchdown too. It led him perfectly, and he dropped it on the wheel. But he started to develop to me as a really important piece, and I'm glad I looked him up because I thought he might have been on a one-year deal, but we have him under contract next year. But the Dolphins have a bunch of players like a Jeff Wilson, Trent Sherfield, um, that you can probably get decent contracts done. They're not going to you know, kill the bank, and, and those are moves that I think they should, they should get on those. Yeah, I agree. But, yeah, what are you feeling? How are you feeling about the game? I, I, I think, hey, I, like I said, I think it's going to be less than – 40 points between the two teams. I think it's going to be a tight game. Mm-hmm. I, I, um, you know, uh, it's going to be, listen, it's, it's the Jedi versus the Padawan, bro. You know what I mean? It's the protege versus the mentor. And I don't know if you saw Shanahan, but he was gushing over Tua and, uh, and Mike McDaniel in his presser yesterday. So I, uh, I am expecting a playoff type of atmosphere. That's what I'm expecting. So, well, so in your lifetime, right. Where does this game rank for you in terms of like big game importance, right? Like it's gotta be pretty high up there, right? You want to hear something crazy? I think it's bigger than the Tennessee game last year. I um no, I, I think um the Tennessee game to me wasn't as big as people made it out to be because if Flores did his job, we would have beat Atlanta and we would have beat Jacksonville. And we would and if we would have had those two wins, we would have walked into the playoffs. Not snuck in, walked in. Um, he got out coached by Urban Meyer in the final two minutes, and Tua gave him the lead against Atlanta and he blew it. And so that's why I look when everyone tries to hold that Tennessee game against Tua, I say, Well, are we uh, we got amnesia about how Flores cost us the playoffs earlier in the season with Jacksonville and Atlanta? You win one of those games and we're in the playoffs, let alone both that you should have won. Um, now, I think it's in recent memory, and the people might think I'm crazy at this too. I think it's on the level of that Buffalo game a couple years ago. 
Yeah, I, I, I think it's the biggest game we've played since 2016 where we lost in the playoffs with Matt Moore. Pittsburgh? Pittsburgh, but that was at least a playoff game. You know, the reason I'll say this about the Buffalo and the Tennessee games that you win and you're in, I never felt good about those Dolphins. Well, the re- the Buffalo the Buffalo one I'm I'm putting it on the same level was because of the rivalry. Yeah, no, no, I just I didn't go feel good about the team going into them. I I didn't see, you know, I, I to be to be frank, I didn't see avenues for us to win those games. I thought they were tough games for us to win. And I didn't think we had that talented of a roster. This time it's different for me. I believe in the Dolphins. I think the Dolphins are the better football team here. I think if, if Tua doesn't get hurt at worst right now. We're talking about a team that is what um, ten and one. Ten and one at worst case. I mean, I mean, at absolute worst case. They're nine and two. I, I, I think, can't wait for that Jets game. We're going to expose them for the frauds. Well, there. And, and you know, two plays those two games, and he throws four more touchdowns on him. I mean, we're we're talking about him being right there with it. Patrick Mahomes as the MVP. I still think two is a candidate. I I think Mahomes when, is right now playing the best football in the league, but that yeah. doesn't that doesn't mean anything to me. Because I, I think that you can play the best football, you can win awards, and you can win fantasy championships. But there's a clutch gene that's important. And I'm, and I'm not saying Pat Mahomes has it or doesn't. I'm saying that I know Tua Tungavaloa has it. And I think that that's why I'm not I'm not afraid. I think, of, you want that. me to talk about? I think out of the 2020 draft class, Burrow and Tua have it. They just have varying degrees of it. I think Tua's got a little bit more. But they both got it. Herbert don't have it. Yeah. Oh, I, 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 I agree with that. And I, I think that, you know, you know, by the way, gonna... were you impressed with Jordan Love when they pull, pulled Rodgers? Cause he was slinging it a little bit, eh? Yeah. I, and, and, you know, and I loved him coming out, if you remember. I loved him. Well, yeah. Me too. I had him as a top 10 player in that draft class. Yeah. I, I think the Packers, if I, if I'm the Packers, you know, I'm trying to talk Darren Rodgers, like, look, Aaron, you know, we paid you. You got your guaranteed money. You know, we're, let's see what this young kid has. If, if the young kid hits, you know, like we'll make sure that we get you to a destination. Because I, I think that a, a team that's desperate. Think about the Washington Commanders; they'd probably pay two first round picks. I, th- I think he'll try and go back to San Francisco. Yeah, and, and they and they'd probably give you know shit. They gave three first round picks for Trey Lance. So I, I mean, at the end of the day, that that wouldn't surprise me. I think there'd be suitors. I think the Packers are just so far. Like that game on Christmas doesn't worry me at all. Nope. I don't care if it's Aaron Rodgers, if it's yeah. Bart Starr, if it's Brett Favre. I don't care who. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I, I think the Packers are in trouble. On that. My Christmas is going to be beautiful. But Beautiful. Yeah, I, I think, you know, this is going to be a fun game. And I, I would wait. say that this is probably in the last decade a top three game of importance. Um, I think it, it's, it, it's a time for the Miami Dolphins. To make a big time statement, they've made a statement this year. We're all there, but this is a time to take any person that has any shadow of a doubt. You know, if Tua goes out there and balls in the and, and the Dolphins beat the 49ers, our Monday morning, man, I'm, I'm going to be freaking. We're people are going to be talking about it, man, dude. It's going to be everywhere we look. It's yeah. already everywhere we look. And look Can't at the wait. thing. You know, a lot of people are turning that corner. I, I just think it's awesome, man. And I think, you know, at the end of the day, where we stand today. We can be excited about every season now. Like, it's not like, you know, like, I, because you, you and I probably agree, right? I became a huge draft fan because the Dolphins were so bad. And I kept thinking that if I scout and do enough work, when we get our next damn Marino, I'm going to be excited. You know what I mean? I'm going to know who that guy is. And that's why I really started to love the NFL draft. And then, you know, it carries on. And every yep. year you think it's a good draft. And then, you know, 
you got to give it to two year window. See, like Tua coming out was that guy. I got nervous last year, you know, and I and I like you know I'm not afraid to admit it. You know, I was interested in Deshaun Watson. I was nervous. Now that we know kind of everything that was the peak behind the curtain and what was going on, it's clear that there was a sabotage in place. Thank God that the Dolphins did fire Brian Flores because we literally could have let one of the best young quarterbacks in football slip through our hands. And that would have been like, what's the quote everyone says? So Dolphins, right? Like you get this quarterback, you let him go. Now we get to watch Drew Brees 2.0 for the next 10 years of our life. Yep, and one week at a time, starting this week with the San Francisco 49ers. Hopefully we're back here talking about a win next week. Um, Absolutely, man. Big time. Always a pleasure, Neil. Um, Guys, thank you for tuning in. We will see you all next time when we dive back Finn too deep. Until then, everyone stay happy, healthy, safe, and blessed. As always, Finn.